Our reading of John chapter 4 continues with verse 27 through verse 42. Just then, Jesus' disciples arrived and were shocked that he was talking with the woman. But no one asked, what do you want? Or why are you talking with her? The woman put down her water jar and went into the city. She said to the people, come and see a man who has told me everything I've done. Could this man be the Christ? They left the city and were on their way to see Jesus. In the meantime, the disciples spoke to Jesus saying, Rabbi, eat. Jesus said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. The disciples asked each other, has someone brought him food? Just Jesus said to them, I am fed by doing the will of the one who sent me and by completing his work. Don't you have a saying, four more months and then it's time for harvest? Look, I tell you, open your eyes and notice that the fields are already ripe for the harvest. Those who harvest are receiving their pay and gathering fruit for eternal life so that those who sow and those who harvest can celebrate together. This is a true saying that one sows and another harvests. I have sent you to harvest what you did not work hard for. Others worked hard, and you will share in their hard work. Many Samaritans in that city believed in Jesus because of the woman's word when she testified, he told me everything I've ever done. So when the Samaritans came to Jesus, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. Many more believed because of his word, and they said to the woman, We no longer believe because of what you said, for we have heard for ourselves and know that this one is truly the Savior of the world. Let us pray. Spirit of the living God, reveal your word to us this day that we might have life in your name. Amen. Have you ever taken a journey because you felt compelled to go? Like some part of you was crying out to be there to taste the food, to smell the air, to meet the people, and to experience a new and very different place, even if only for a little while. The gospel writer says that Jesus had to go through Samaria on his way back to Galilee. And although it was the quickest way for he and his disciples to get home, Jesus doesn't seem to be in a hurry. Instead, he is described as being tired from his travels. The word used here in verse 6 means to grow weary from hard work. So Jesus is not merely fatigued and need of rest. He is both physically and emotionally exhausted. And yet, given the choice to walk the route that he and his friends know well, Jesus decides that it is better to take a road less traveled, 
a road that many people in Judea would have preferred to avoid altogether. You see, Jews and Samaritans did not associate with each other. They certainly did not eat together, nor were they especially inclined to become friends. There's a rather long and difficult history here, marked by centuries of ethnic and cultural division, prejudice, and stereotypes. Perhaps one of the reasons that many Judeans chose to avoid traveling through Samaria was because it was just too hard to face the truth. How do you overcome the mistakes of the past and the legacy of burdens that they leave behind? The hatred and the fear that if you're honest, you still carry in your heart. What do you say to another human being? And what do you do after spending your whole life believing that you're not supposed to love them? Jesus wasn't required to go through Samaria, but when the status quo grants permission for groups of people, neighborhoods, and cultures to be denigrated and disregarded, what other choice can there be for the one through whom God's love for the world is being revealed. Like St. Thomas Aquinas has said, to have courage is to go on loving, even though you are afraid. Jesus' meeting with an unnamed Samaritan woman at Jacob's well is a beautiful example of courageous love and generous friendship overcoming the legacies of cultural elitism and mistrust, Jesus initially crosses the boundaries of gender and culture, not by presuming that she would want to speak with him, but by first expressing his own vulnerability and need for water. When the woman in response states the obvious by acknowledging the boundaries that exist, boundaries that neither she nor Jesus have put there, Jesus opens the conversation further by considering the possibility that they may both have gifts to offer one another. I may not have a bucket, Jesus says, but I give life to those who are thirsty to receive it. So much has already been said about the woman's perceived indiscretions. Although we have to admit our own cultural bias in assuming that a woman who's had five husbands has surely done something wrong. In a first century world that made it impossible for her to otherwise survive and support herself, let us at least consider that we don't have enough information to draw conclusions except for the fact that she is a woman who has endured the hardship of so many broken relationships that her character and reputation have become subject to the ridicule and speculation of her neighbors. Thus, in today's reading, Jesus intrigues us not only by his visit to the well in Samaria, but also by his willingness to befriend a woman who doesn't have many others to talk to a woman who responds with courageous faith and by crossing borders herself, not only in her conversation with Jesus, but in her public proclamation within her own community. Come and see a man who has told me the truth, 
Everything that I have done, everything that I have suffered, everything I have endured, could this be the Christ, the one that we have been waiting for? Meanwhile, the disciples of Jesus don't seem to have a clue. In fact, they were so shocked to find Jesus talking with her at all that they struggled to move beyond their hate-filled suspicions. What do you want, they thought to themselves. Why are you talking with her? And does it really matter that they didn't say these words out loud if it's what they were feeling in their heart of hearts? There is tension here in this part of the story as Jesus openly challenges the disciples to reflect upon their own needs and motivations. Having gone into the city to buy food, they return only to discover Jesus in conversation with a woman they do not know, a Samaritan they do not approve of. And though they're trying to take care of Jesus, it seems, the weight of their suspicion adds a layer of complexity to the story. It's as if they're also trying to protect Jesus from anyone who is foreign to them. Can you imagine their astonishment and confusion when Jesus tells them that he's not hungry anymore? How else could he have eaten? After all, they're in Samaria, Jews and Samaritans did not associate with one another, or so they had been told. Jesus challenges them further, I have food to eat that you do not know about. Has someone brought him food? They wonder. It is often the case, and for good reason, that our engagement with John chapter 4 prioritizes Jesus' meeting with the unnamed Samaritan woman. But for today, during this Lenten season, let us spend some moments pondering the stubbornness of the disciples who struggle to conceive of the possibility that they have any reason to be in Samaria with Jesus other than just passing through. I am fed, Jesus tells them, by doing the will of the one who sent me and by completing his work, as if to say, because I go where my Father is calling me, sending me, I find myself in places and with people that are unfamiliar. And in doing so, I am discovering that there is an abundance available, but it is an abundance that is only available insofar as there is willingness to see it. That the disciples felt it necessary to go and to buy food for themselves is itself an acknowledgement of their unwillingness to be surprisingly fed by an experience of that which feels unfamiliar to them. But look around, Jesus tells them, open your eyes and see that the fields are already ripe for the harvest. This is very important because Jesus is not merely talking to the disciples about time as if to say that the harvest has arrived. 
Jesus is also talking about people and about stories and about land and about belonging. As if to say, the harvest is here. Not just here today, but here in Samaria. And let us not underestimate the significance of Jesus' message for a group of people who have been afraid of going to Samaria all of their lives. Here in the house of your enemies, here among the people you fear, here in the place you would rather not go, here in the neighborhood you prefer to avoid, here where you are uncomfortable, here where you thought God would be absent, here where you were convinced that there was nothing of value, here will become a site and a sign of provision and redemption, not just for them, but for you. For you. Sometimes we can only learn what God would have us to discover because we are willing to lean into the moments that we would otherwise have avoided. To glean the wisdom from those with whom we are sent to share in friendship. In other words, if we never go to Samaria, we will never learn what only Samaria can teach us. That's what Jesus means when he says that those who sow the unnamed woman and those who harvest the disciples can celebrate together. Because Jesus' engagement with the Samaritan woman is not just about water. It's about the building and sustaining and deepening of meaningful connections beyond division. Honestly acknowledging and being accountable for the mistakes of the past with an openness to the promise and possibilities of the future. Investing ourselves with listening and empathy and caring. All of which is energized by the power of the Holy Spirit who in the words of Hunter Farrell invites us to join with God and the spreading circle of relationships rooted in Jesus Christ, transformed by God's unconditional love and forgiveness. It is the Spirit who enables us to become the visible sights and signs of God's faithful and committed love for all the world. Fashions a people with divine love to become a spring of water that bubbles up to eternal life, that is able to give and to receive what it needs from one another. This is how we become part of the ever-widening circle of connections that Christ opens for us when we follow him. As Jesus reveals time and again that the spirit of the living God transcends the boundaries and the borders that we erect to separate ourselves from one another. The gospel writer tells us that Jesus and his disciples stay in the city for two days before continuing their journey. How? 
It is possible only because they were willing to overcome their fear of sitting at tables with strangers. It is possible only because of their willingness to confront their own reluctance to see what Jesus could see all along. It is possible only as they were open to discovering the promise of togetherness beyond the limits of their own imaginations as they began to experience life anew inside of the lives of the people around them. A harvest of salvation hidden in plain sight. An abundance of love and faithfulness for anyone with the courage to see it. Because salvation is here. Salvation is always here. And if salvation is here, I wonder where else it could be. Amen.